What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 304, episode 304 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody once again for their continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. This episode here is the NFL Week 2 Recap. That's This is going to be the episode where I recap the weekend of the NFL from last weekend. And I'm going to bring back the Would You Rather segment. I think it was probably about a good two, three episodes where I took a break from it, but I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. So after the episode is over, I am going to give my would you rather segment. Okay, there you have it. And I'm going to give my shout out as well. So let's get straight into it. The weekend recap. That took place in the NFL for week two. It started off with the Vikings and the Eagles last Thursday. The Eagles took that game 34 to 28. Listen, for all attentive purposes, this was a game, if you really look at the stats, at least from the Vikings standpoint, With their tandem of Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, you would think that the Vikings would have won this game. I mean, Kirk Cousins had damn near almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Listen, had the Vikings won this game, he might have been my offensive player of the week. With numbers like that, he might have just been my offensive player of the week. Justin Jefferson had almost 160 yards, 11 receptions, but he didn't get in the end zone. Like, there was a situation where it looked like it was a touchdown, but he didn't hold on to the ball. So, it wasn't a touchdown. It looked like a touchdown, but it wasn't. But, again, the Eagles right now, yeah, they're 2-0, but it's not the Eagles that we're familiar with, especially from last year. You know, their offense is not not at that groove yet, at least with... Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Like, the tandem that they had last season is not clicking right now this season. And it basically came to a halt in this game where you saw them having a little exchange on the sidelines. Now, I remember a few years ago, like years ago, where uh, Eagles quarterback and a receiver was having issues on the field and it took heed on the sideline. And that would be Terrell Owens and... Donovan McNabb. This was years ago. We talking early two thousands. So this is another this is another issue in itself right here. But I hope they get it together, and I believe they'll get it together. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts is the leader of this team. Obviously, AJ Brown plays a very important part on this team, and I hope they get it together because AJ Brown is one of my receivers. So I definitely need him. 
to step it up a notch <laughs> on my fantasy team. I definitely need him to help me out with some points because four receptions for 29 yards, that ain't helping your boy out. You know what I'm saying? Now, Devonta Smith, he did his thing. 131 yards for four catches, but A.J. Brown, four catches for 29 yards, that ain't cutting it. You know what I mean? And uh, listen, DeAndre Swift went bonkers this game on the ground. Uh, 28 carries, 175 yards, one tud, one tutty. I think I, I think that's what they. I think that's the touchdown term that they call it, tutty. So again, yeah, the Eagles are two and zero, but if you ask them in that locker room, they're far from where they need to be. Like they're starting this season off rusty, and in some of these games that they're supposed to be winning very convincingly, they're struggling to get the dub. It was the same thing week one with the Patriots. You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I forgot who the receiver was on that team when Mac Jones threw it on him on fourth down. If they convert that shit, who knows? If he keeps his foot in bounds and the Patriots go down the field, who knows? The Patriots might have won that game because that last drive, they was making some noise. It just so happened on that fourth and long, the receiver couldn't keep his foot in bounds and they ruled it an incomplete pass. If he makes that completion, who knows? New England might go down and win the game. So that was a game that the Eagles were supposed to win, which they did, but not in the fashion that they were supposed to. The same thing could be said this game. And then again, look who they're playing against. You're playing against Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not good in primetime games. He's just not. It's a well-known fact. If you follow football like that, then you know that when it comes to primetime games, Kirk Cousins ain't too good in primetime games. It's that simple. So if I know he's playing a primetime game, I'm not picking the Vikings to win or whatever team he's on because I know he's not going to win. He may have good numbers, but the end result will be a loss. You understand what I'm saying? So that was last Thursday's game to start the week for week two. We then get to the Raiders and the Bills. The Bills won that 38-10 very convincingly. I was not surprised. I did not expect Josh Allen to have a repeat performance like he did against the Jets in week one. He took care of the ball. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, James Cook went to work on that Raiders defense. 123 yards, 17 carries. Stephon Diggs is still not Stephon Diggs that we are familiar with. We're getting almost 100 yards receiving or even over 100 yards receiving. Seven catches, 66 yards. Gabe Davis, who... What was it? I think it was what year? I think it was the year they played the Chiefs in the divisional playoffs. We was looking to him as a number two receiver on this. Um, we was looking to him as a number two receiver on this squad. Um, he's looking all right right now this season. But again, like I said, they played the Raiders. 
So I expected them to put on a win and have a convincing win. Because, again, I don't expect much from the Raiders. I mean, Jimmy G, two turnovers, one touchdown. Didn't really expect much from him anyway, especially against that Bills defense. Devontae Adams um, had a decent game. He had to come out, though, because it was one play. I forgot what play it was. And he was definitely concussed. And they took him out the game. I'm not really sure if he went back in, but anyway, they still lost. They only had 10 points, so they wasn't going to do shit anyway. But, yes, Buffalo won 38-10. Next, you had the Ravens and the Bengals. Division rivalry game. I believe they played each other in the playoffs last year. You know, these divisional games, they can go either way. You know what I'm saying? And the Ravens have now started the season 2-0. And since they've started the season 2-0, the Bengals are now 0-2. So it's a lot of concern right now going on in Cincy right now. Because this is a team that a lot of people have viewed as the rival to the Kansas City Chiefs. It was Buffalo. But a lot of people out there are looking at the Bengals as that team that rivals uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But right now, they're struggling. Joe Burrow is not Joe Burrow that we're familiar with. But see, here's the thing. He got hurt in training camp. Calf injury. He didn't play in the preseason. So obviously, he doesn't have a rapport with that offense. More importantly, his receivers. So there's going to be some growing pains. And right now, it's growing pains. But see, here's the thing. They better snap out of it. Because after a certain amount of games, if you losing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard for you to creep into the playoffs. So, I mean, they, I mean they're 0-2. There have been teams that started seasons 0-2, and they still made the playoffs. Now, can they do it? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. You understand what I'm saying? So we're going to find out soon enough what this Bengals team is made of. We're going to see very soon what this team is made of. Lamar Jackson had 237 yards, two touchdowns. He's taking care of the ball. Of course, he's going to have his throwing numbers. Of course, he's going to run as well, have 54 yards. You know what I mean? So the Ravens are looking okay. The Ravens are looking okay. So, again, they're 2-0, and the Bengals are 0-2. The season is young. The season is young. You know, we're just getting started. So, a lot can happen. But with Cincinnati, I really, 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 really hope that, uh, you know, they can fix shit because this is a team that a lot of people looked at as possible threats to the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC, especially now that Joe Burrow has got his money. So I hope this is not a case to where, oh, yeah, he got his bag now, so he could just not give a fuck. But we all know he's not healthy. But at the end of the day, you got your money now. So now it's put up or shut up because them fans of Cincinnati ain't trying to hear that. Trust and believe they not. So hopefully, you know, the Bengals you know, can turn this around. The season is still young, so hopefully they can still turn it around. 
You got the Chiefs and the Jaguars. The Chiefs won that 17-9. Just looking at that score is crazy to me. And what's alarming to me is not that the Jaguars only had nine points. What's alarming to me is that the Chiefs only had 17 points. Now, their first game, they only scored 20. This game, they only scored 17. The Kansas City teams that we are very familiar with, which is since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback, the Chiefs damn near get 30 or better a game or close to 30. And they haven't even cracked 25 or better in these first two games. That's alarming to me. Now, obviously, the first game, Kelsey wasn't there. So, your X factor is out the equation. This game, Kelsey was there. Uh, he did have a touchdown. But he only had 26 receiving yards, so he really still didn't do much. Now, maybe this could be, you know, an issue with the injury. But Mahomes... Had a lot of receivers get catches this game. A lot. It was a lot of the, a lot of passes being thrown around. I was getting ready to say something, but it was definitely going to be a pause moment. So I'm glad I didn't say it. You know, shout out to Cam and Mace. You know, it is what it is podcast. Because you got to, like, listen, you got to be on your P's and Q's, you know, because if you say something crazy, it's going to be a pause moment. So I definitely didn't want to have a pause moment on this pod, but... Again, this is not the Chiefs team that we are very familiar with watching. But see, here's the thing, though. And seeing highlights from the game and then and then look and then hearing about the score, this is the conclusion that I came up with. Who was the offensive coordinator for this team for all those years. Eric Brandemy. He's not the OC of the Kansas City Chiefs no more. So could this be somewhat of a reason on why the Chiefs are struggling so far this season? Because, listen, as great as Andy Reid is as an offensive coordinator, who's a head coach? A damn good head coach. But before he was a head coach, he was an offensive coordinator. You understand what I'm saying? He knows the offensive side of the ball. But we also know with him being the head coach, Eric Brianemi was the was the assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. So a lot of that success went to him as the offensive coordinator. But see, the Chiefs are struggling now, and he's not there. Could that be the reason on why they're struggling? I think it is. I, I think that I think that's the reason. But, hey, what do I know, right? But it's just very alarming to me that they only have 17 and 20 points in their first games of the season. But they got the dub, which is what they needed, because we are not familiar with the Chiefs starting the season 0-2. So they got the win that they needed. Next, we got the Titans and the Chargers. The Chargers lost that 24-27. Well, 27 to 24. Listen, it's been a lot of hope and expectations for the Chargers. We all remember last year the choke that they displayed in the playoffs. 
having that big lead in the wild card game against the Jaguars only for them to choke it up in the second half. They lose this game to a team that we all basically feel is on the decline. And for the Chargers to go to Tennessee and lose that game, it just... It, it, it just proves a lot of people's theory that the Chargers can't be trusted. It's a lot of talent on this team. A lot of talent. And it starts with that quarterback, Justin Herbert. They have somewhat of a running game. Somewhat of a running game. Then you got those two studs at receiver. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Then you got that defense. You know what I'm saying? J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. So you got yourself a defense. But somewhere along the line, it's something with that team that's not clicking. Who knows? It might be the coaching. Who knows? It just might be the coaching. Because, listen, after that loss and that wild card game against the Jaguars, I was saying, yo, that coach should have been fired on the spot right after the loss. You know, right after the game, you know, when they give their pep talk at the end of the game, I wouldn't even let him in the locker room. This is players only. You're not even welcome. You got a fly coach. And you buying your ticket. You're not riding with us back home. Find your way, find your way back to LA. But you can't be on this flight in Jacksonville to go home. For giving up that lead. That was just that was my opinion. And then when they was talking about Sean Payton making his return, I was like, yo, it's clear. He's the coach for that team. But, but for whatever the reason may be, they brought Staley back. And I can't get it through the life of me. But I will tell you this, though. Let the Chargers have a letdown this season. Let them have a disappointing season. Now, remember, they made the playoffs last year. Even though it was in a choke, they got eliminated. Let the Chargers not make the playoffs this year. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs this year, Something tells me it's going to be some changes in, 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 in Los Angeles. That's just my opinion. I haven't heard nothing, but if it was already rumblings and theories of why he should have been fired last year, let the Chargers not make the playoffs this year. I could definitely see that happening. Next, we got the Packers and the Falcons. A-Town. Falcons won that 25 to 24. And this young season, the Falcons have started the season 2 and 0. Oh. Very young season. A lot can happen. But it's looking impressive. Desmond Ritter, who's the Falcons quarterback, looked good. One turnover, one touchdown pass. Close to 250 passing yards. Yo, this running back, Robinson, for the Falcons. I've seen some of his clips of him running. Man, crazy talent. Crazy talent. Now, I'm not going to say he's on some Jamar Anderson type shit from back in the day with the Falcons. But if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a terror. 
in that backfield for the Falcons. For sure, for sure. Listen, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Jordan Love. I just have to say it. I just have to say it. And in these first two games, he has taken care of the ball for the Green Bay Packers. Now, he only had a little over 150 yards, three touchdowns. But again, like I said, he's taking care of the football. He's not turning it over. This game here, Green Bay could have won. They only lost by one point. Now, I don't do moral victories. Like, okay, yeah, we lost by one, but, you know, hey, we didn't lose. We lost, but we only lost by one. Nah, loss is a loss. I'm still going to feel bad even if we lost. But even with this, 25 to 24, Green Bay shouldn't put their head down. They shouldn't put their head down. They're in a division to where it's either them or the Lions. The Bears ain't going to do shit. We know that already. And for all intended purposes, neither is the Vikings. So for me, it's either Vikings or Green... I mean, Lions or Green Bay in this division. Speaking of the Lions, the Lions lost to the Seahawks, 37-31 in overtime. Geno Smith, 328 yards, taking care of the ball. This Seahawks team is going to be, I, be, I, I, I believe they're going to be a wild card team. I truly believe I truly believe that this Seahawks team, if they could put the pieces together, they're going to make things interesting in that NFC. They're not winning the division by any stretch of the imagination. The Niners is winning that. Let's get that out the way. But I do believe that Seattle can make some noise. I'm not going to say they're going to go on this historic run, but they're going to be like the workhorse team of the NFC. They're going to make it very interesting for all those other teams. And I can definitely see the Seahawks making the playoffs. The Lions, listen, I, listen, I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing from Jared Goff. Very much impressed. It's unfortunate that he couldn't have this type of go with the Rams when he was there, but he's been very impressive so far, and and since since he's been with the Lions, I'm not even gonna lie to you, especially dating towards last year. But hey, they lost this game. They're now one and one. They're one and one in this young season. So was the Seahawks, Colts and Titans. The Colts won that thirty-one to twenty. That game I don't really care for. And I think I said that in my last episode. That was a don't nobody care type game. Two teams that are basically bottom feeders in the AFC South. Because in my opinion, I think that division is either the Titans or the Jaguars. That's it. The coach are too inexperienced. Jonathan Taylor wants out. Nobody really cares for the coach. Their owner is a piece of shit. And then Houston, I mean, they're just young. They're the Texans. They've f Listen, for the past, what, three seasons, they've had a top three or five pick in the draft. I don't really expect much from them. The Buccaneers in this young season, post-Tom Brady, they are now 2-0. 
Now, the talk around town is what's going on with Justin Field. This was the year that he was supposed to have somewhat of an improvement, right? This was supposed to be the year where, you know, he does something. And so far, that's not looking like the case. It's not. For whatever the reason may be, he is not clicking right now on on, on all cylinders. And it's unfortunate. Justin Fields just, what is it? A few days ago in an interview said, my goal this week is to say F it and go out there and play football. I know how to play football. That includes thinking less and just going out there and playing off or playing off of instincts rather than say so much into my head and data in my head and clearly just going out there and playing football. That's when I play my best It's when I'm out there playing free and being myself. So I'm going to say kind of bump all the what I what I should this and that pocket stuff. I'm going to go out there and be me. That's what he said he's going to take into account, I guess, going for the rest of the season. Because he basically, in a nutshell, he's kind of saying it could be the coaching. But listen, we know, listen, the Bears have been to shit when it came to quarterbacks as of late. I don't believe Matt Nagy is there anymore. I honestly don't know if he's there anymore. I, I Listen, I can care less for the Bears, so I wouldn't know. In fact, let me check now. Let me check now. Let me check now. Let me check now who's the coach for the Bears. Let's see who they had coaches. Matt Emberflus. Hopefully I said his last name right. Oh, so it ain't Matt Nagy. But even so, the Bears have struggled with past quarterbacks. Just think about it. Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman, now Justin Fields. I think Nick Foles might have had a stint there. I'm not sure, but... Listen, it was, it's was it been a lot of expectations on Justin Fields, and right now he hasn't delivered. And I honestly think that if he continues to have the season that he's having right now, do not be surprised if Chicago don't go out there and try to get another quarterback. So hopefully he gets it together. Hopefully he gets it together. But not to take anything from Tampa, Baker Mayfield has looked very much impressive in these first two games. Very much. Mike Evans went to work. 171 yards. One touchdown. I'm mad that they haven't paid this man his money. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm not too thrilled with that. Mike Evans is that dude. He's the greatest receiver in that franchise's history. And it's not even close. Take care of that man. 
Don't have that man go somewhere else to finish off his career. He's supposed to retire a buck. So shout out to my bro guru out there in Tampa. But they gotta take care. They, they gotta take care of your man Mike Evans, man. They gotta take care of him. Pay that man his money. Giants and Cardinals. Listen, I'm gonna give the Giants their respect. Because last week they got smoked 40 to zip, right? And then this game, they were down 20 to zip. So think about that. At halftime of this game, at halftime, the Cowboys had gave up 60 points to start the season. Just think about that. And then they just have this comeback for the ages in the second half. Daniel Jones, as much criticism as I gave him last weekend, last week, which was very well deserving. He was the reason why the Giants won this game. So when they lose and I put the blame on him. I could spin the block and give props to him when the Giants come back and win. He infiltrated this. He was the spark plug for this Giants team coming back to win this game. Now, yes, he did throw an interception, which we know he's going to tend to do here and there. But there was some throws in that game, especially when they was trying to catch up, that I was very much impressed that he made. Didn't even think he could make them. And he did. Now, we know he's going to run the ball. We know that for sure. We definitely know he's going to run the ball. And he did. Key first downs. He even had a touchdown rushing. I mean, Saquon has 63 yards. But, again, he gets hurt. And it's being reported that he's going to be out for three weeks. Now we see why the Giants struggled giving him his money. But see, me and my honest opinion, I still think he should have got a bag. Because he because again, he also plays an important part on this team. Now, yes, the Giants won this game and they came back. I believe this was the biggest, their biggest comeback ever. But now that Saquon gonna be out for three weeks, you're gonna really rely on Daniel Jones now. Is he gonna be up for the task? Only time will tell. But we got to give them their props. They came back and won. They came back and won. This was a game that Arizona had in the bag. And for whatever the reason may be, they dropped the ball and the Giants came back and won. That just tells you the spirit of that Giants team. Because after getting smoked 40 to zip and then to be losing 20 to zip at halftime, they could have easily said, yo, we're going we gonna to pack this one in. We're losing 20 to zip. We gonna, it is what it is. We'll get ready for the next game. But I think what they realized was, whoa, we got the 49ers next week. We got to come. Oh, no. We're staying on the West Coast. We're not even going back to the East Coast. We're going to stay out here for a whole week. To get ready for that Thursday game against the Niners. Oh no, we gotta win this game. 
The chances are we definitely going to lose to the Niners, so we got to win this one. And that's what happened. So we definitely have to give the Giants their props because they, they, they definitely could have just said, F it, let's pack it up. But they didn't. So we got to give the Giants their props. So Giants fans, you're not on punishment no more. I remember last week I said they was on punishment and they're not allowed to talk shit after that performance they had. Well, now y'all can talk shit again. But sometimes I can't help yourself when y'all talk shit. Y'all get too carried. You know what I'm saying? Y'all get y'all get too carried away with yourselves. Too carried away with yourselves. Okay, that Justin Fields comment, I take it back. He said he's not blaming anything on the coaches. He just said that he's not playing like himself. Well, if you're not playing like yourself, then you need to get it together. Because if this continues, you're going to have some problems on your hand, man. But again, props to the Giants. The Rams and the Niners. The Niners won that 30-23. to Listen, I'm quite sure that them fans in that building was live. Because it's something about that Rams-Niners rivalry. And now that the Rams is in Los Angeles and the Niners is in the Bay, so of course you always got that L.A. versus the Bay type thing, right? I love it. But watching those games, especially with the Rams being in Los Angeles, it seems like it's more Niner fans that crowd up that stadium than it does the Rams. That's just my opinion. But again, the Niners are 2-0, as expected. And the Rams are now one and one. Jets and Cowboys. This game went as I expected. I expected that the Cowboys would win very impressive. Very convincingly. And they did. 30 to 10. Now, there was a time in this game where I was like, yo, maybe this might be something. Zach Wilson threw an amazing slant pass to Garrett Wilson, and he took it to the house. Made the score 10-7, I believe. I'm like, yo, we might be in for a game here. We just might be in for a game here. Nope. Zach Wilson turning the ball over. Three interceptions. No running game from the no running game at all from the Jets in this game. None whatsoever. Garrett Wilson showed up. I mean, he only had 83 yards, two catches. The Giants couldn't get nothing in this game. And that's because of that Cowboys suffocating defense. Suffocating defense. So far in two games, they gave up. Listen. They played both New York teams in two weeks. And they only give up 10 points. Michael Parsons is a bad boy. Bad boy. Okay? But see, here's my issue with this Jets team. I get that Aaron Rodgers is hurt, right? Your season is to shit. There will be no playoffs possibly because A-Rod is hurt. But even though he's hurt, you still got a running game. And you mean to tell me that Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall both 
only get four carries in this game. That's it. That's all they. That's all they get. I'm sure Dalvin Cook. I'm sure he didn't think that Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt this season, because if he if he thought that, why 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 come to the Jets? I know for a fact he damn sure ain't too thrilled with having four carries, and I know for a fact neither is Brees Hall. That's supposed to be a one-two punch. And they only had eight carries in total in this whole game. But you're just gonna let Garrett, you're gonna let Zach Wilson be out there throwing as if he's Aaron Rodgers. They went away from the running game. The play calling in this game was ridiculous. I mean, they was gonna lose anyway, but if you're gonna lose, at least have your runners out there and do some shit. But hey, what do I know, right? I'm just a fan, right? Sometimes some sometimes these fans know more than a coach in some situations. And you can't tell me that running the ball the amount of time that they did was good for that game because it wasn't. Don't get me wrong. The Cowboys still would have won. They still would have won. But come on. Stop it. Just stop it. Dak was good. Tony Pollard was good. C.D. Lamb went ham. Yes, he did. That rhymed. But for me, this is more so of the miscues from the Jets as opposed it is to the Cowboys because I expected this from the Cowboys. I expected the Cowboys to have close to 30. I expected the Cowboys to run ham on Zach Wilson. I expected it. I didn't expect the Jets to have this type of play calling at all. And if you ask any Jet fan that, I'm sure they didn't expect that. Next, we got the Commanders and the Broncos. Man, Russell Wilson had him a game. This probably might have been his best game in a Broncos uniform so far. Now, remember, he was there last year, and we ain't even going to talk about how he was last year because it was just downright horrible. This might have been his best game as a Bronco. Over 300 yards, unfortunately, he had a turnover. He had close to 60 yards carrying, and he had one hell of a Hail Mary. One hell of a Hail Mary. But the commanders raised them. And no, but see, that's because of the defense. Russell Wilson made that Hail Mary and all the Broncos needed was a two-point conversion. And they couldn't get it in the end zone. Now, after throwing that Hail Mary, they had to get that shit in the end zone. They had to. And we were all disappointed. After a play like that, you got to get that shit in the end zone. You got to. With the adrenaline. After making that play. With the fans and the audience going nuts. You can't have those fans go home in Denver disappointed. And that's what the Broncos did. So now the Broncos have now started this young season 
0-2. I don't expect much from them this season anyway because of the division they're in. But to start the season 0-2, not a good look. Give credit to the Commanders. They've started the season 2-0. Who expected that? I don't know who this Sam Howell dude is, but he has looked very much impressive these first two games of this young season. A little over 500 yards the first two games. Again, who's the offensive coordinator of this team? Eric Bieniemy, who used to be the OC for the Chiefs. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Dolphins and Patriots, listen, Sunday night football, division rivalry, anything can go, right? But this was a little gem that I found out. Prior to this game, Tua Tagovailoa was 4-0 against Coach Belichick. Didn't know that. Did not know that. I found out at the end of the game, Dolphins won 24-17. So now he's 5-0 against Coach Belichick. That's crazy. Very crazy. Mozart did his thing. I think I said his last name right. He did his thing in this game. 121 yards, two touchdowns. Listen, the one thing we know about Coach Belichick is this. He's going to take your strongest part away from you. He's going to take your biggest weapon away from you. Tyreek Hill, we know he's a stud. And we know on any given night, he can get you close to 100, over 100 yards receiving. Well, this game, he only had 40 yards. This is the thing with Coach Belichick. He takes your biggest weapon away from you, and somebody else is going to have to beat us. Now, he did get in the end zone, but that was in the red zone. Jason Wilder had, 40, had 86 receiving yards. Didn't get in the end zone. Tua did have two fumbles. Luckily for him, he recovered them. I don't know, man. Like, this Patriots team, man, listen. We all know that they're going to struggle because the GOAT ain't there. We know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like we know that. Let's stop kidding ourselves. But let me tell you my highlight of this game. <laughs> and it's funny as hell. My highlight of this game, because, again, it was on Sunday Night Football, so I watched. My highlight for this game was when Coach Belichick took the red flag out of his sock. And the referee was on the floor, I guess, trying to adjust the chain that they used for the first down. So he's looking at the ref. He's got the flag in his hand. He's looking at the ref and then just slams it on the floor, challenging a specific play. That was the highlight for me in this game. <laughs> they keep showing the clip on, you know, ESPN or whatever, you know, sports channel. They over, they keep constantly showing that clip. That shit is dumb hilarious to me. Because, listen, let's be real. Patriots are going to continue to have growing pains because the GOAT is not there. Matt Jones is not Tom Brady, and he shouldn't be trying to be. Not to say that he is, 
But those are some big shoes to fill. You know what I'm saying? Gronk's not coming out. These role players for the Patriots, they're not Wes Welker. They're not Julian Edelman. You know what I'm saying? They're not LeGarrette Blunt. These players are not just, they're not that. This Patriots team, listen, for 20 years, they were a dynasty. That dynasty is over now. The Patriots are going to go right back to being the bottom feeders of that division. And it pains me to say that because Coach Belichick is their coach. But I got to call a spade a spade. Now, they're going to make games interesting. Very much. I'm not going to say they're going to be pushovers. But they're going to make games interesting. But they're going to struggle this season. They're not going to make the playoffs. Let's get that out the way. But, I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, they had their run. Their run is over. Like Rockefeller. Rockefeller had their run. The dynasty is over. The dynasty is over in Foxborough. But... The Dolphins are now 2-0 to start the season. And the Patriots are now 0-2. We now get to the Monday night football games. The Saints won 20-17. Wasn't surprised by that. I mean, I was surprised that they only won by three. But, I mean, I had the Saints winning that anyway. Then we get to the Browns and the Steelers. Well wishes to Brown's running back, Nick Chubb. That knee injury that he took, man, that shit was hard to look at. To the point where I was even afraid to walk. Watching that shit. And supposedly they're saying this might be a career-threatened injury. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm really hoping it's not the case, but that shit was very hard to see. Very hard to see. Very hard. Like, you just going out there playing the game you love, and then somebody just runs up on your knee, and it bends the way it did. Man. Man, that shit was tough to watch. So, again, well wishes to Nick Chubb. And, you know, hopefully he definitely, definitely has a speedy recovery. And hopefully this is not a career-threatening injury. First play of the game, it was some shit. Alex Highsmith had a pick six. A little tapping involved. And then, you know, he took it to the house. Steelers won 26 to 22. But see, here's the thing. Yes, I'm proud Steelers won. But I think this is an indictment on the Cleveland Browns. You paid Deshaun Watson all this money. To come to Cleveland. And so far since he has been there. He has been a disappointment. Now yes. He was suspended last season. Came back towards the latter end of the season. So we're going to somewhat give him a pass. But the start of this season. The season that he's having. Not too good. Not too good. He is not looking he is not looking like what they paid him. He's just not. In two games, he only has two touchdowns, two interceptions. He has a QBR of 29. That's horrible for the money that they paid him. 
Browns fans is not going to be too thrilled. Not going to be too thrilled. We know that defense is studs. We know that defense is amazing. And it starts with Miles Garrett. But this Browns offense better get it together. Because... Man, listen, it's, it's, listen, they could have easily won this game. They could have. But the offense is what choked it away. The offense is what choked this game away. And they're going to have to get it together. Very much so. Very much so. But salute to the Steelers. Black and yellow. Salute to the Steelers. But uh, there you have it. That was my recap from week two. Now let's get to my offensive and defensive players of the week. Dre Day's Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week Awards for week number two. On offense, we had some candidates. We had some candidates. Mike Evans, I thought of him. I really did. But then I said to myself, it's against the Bears. So do I really want to give you props for that? And I love me some Mike Evans, but again, it's against the Bears, right? I said, you know what? I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift of the Eagles. I'm gonna give it to him. So my offensive, def so my offensive player of the week for week two is DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles. There you have it. And my defensive player, we're gonna make this a PA thing. We're gonna make this a Pennsylvania affair. I'm going with Alex Highsmith of the Pittsburgh Steelers. My man had that pick six to start the game. Literally the first play of the game on Monday Night Football. He forced a fumble at the end of the game that helped the Steelers come back and beat the Browns. Now, yes, T.J. Watt took it to the house. But there was somebody that helped along the way with that play to help them get that win. And that would be Alex Smith. So, off that, I am giving him Defensive Player of the Week. Yep. Alex Highsmith. Now, yeah, he had about seven or eight tackles. Absolutely. He had about seven or eight tackles. But, again, pick six and you force the fumble, that's big. That's big, man. So, yeah. He's my defensive player of the week. So, on offense, is DeAndre Swift. And on defense, is Alex Highsmith. And we're going to make this a PA thing for my Players of the Week awards. There you have it. Now, it's time to get into my picks for week number three. And with that being said, I have to let y'all know my record for last week. I was 10 and 6. 
So for the first two weeks of the season, the records are identical. 10 and 6. There you have it. So now, let's get it started. Thursday Night Football, Prime Video. I'm off on Thursday, so chances are I'm probably going to be watching this game. There's no WNBA game, and I'm not too thrilled with my Yankees right now. Their season is over. Just when they had a nice little winning streak going on, they're now back at home, and they're stinking up the joint again. So not too thrilled with them, so I won't be watching them. So chances are I'll be watching this game. We got the Niners and the Giants. For all intended purposes, I believe the Giants are going to get washed in this game. And like I said, Saquon Barkley is out. They said about three weeks he's going to be out. Which means that's more pressure on Daniel Jones. Do I think Daniel Jones has the guts? Do I think he has the balls the size of grapefruits to go to Levi Stadium and upset the Niners? Absolutely not. So with that being said, I have the Niners beating the Giants in week three. In prime time. I have the Niners beating the Giants. Now let's get to the Sunday games. We got the Colts and the Ravens. This is a quick pick. I'm going with the Ravens. And I expect them to win convincingly as well. Now, before I go on to my next pick, speaking of the Ravens, I was at work yesterday doing what I do, you know. You know, you know, you know, I work in a hospital, you know, I do environmental work, you know what I'm saying? In these rooms, sometimes the TV be on and you know you get to watch. You know, the games or you watch the news or a patient to be watching Family Feud or something, right? It just so happens I was cleaning the room yesterday and a fan was watching TMZ. And something popped up on the screen as they was watching TMZ. And they said Odell Beckham has been hanging out with Kim Kardashian. Odell, don't do it. Please don't do it, Odell. Please, I beg you for the life of me, do not do this. Listen, a few episodes ago, there was a rumor that Tom Brady was hanging out with Kim Kardashian. Now, thank God ain't nothing come out of that. OBJ, please don't do it. Please don't do it. It's being reported that you are separated from your wife. Please do not do this, Odell. Do not. Do this. You will regret it. It will make your season of living hell. Lamar Jackson needs you at your best. Please do not do anything with this woman. Do not date this woman. Do not do anything. I beg you for the life of me. Thank you. Now we can get back to my picks. Next, we got the Titans and we got the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to pick the Browns to win this game. I'm picking them because they're at home. I hope that Deshaun Watson has a better performance this week than he did last weekend. 
It's only so long the dog pound is going to sit here and allow you to be playing the way you're playing with the money that you're getting. So I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. And they brought in reinforcements. Kareem Hunt is now back with the Browns after the injury from Nick Chubb. So this is a running back who is familiar with the play calling of the Cleveland Browns because he used to play for them. So, you know, hopefully Kareem Hunt can go there and make some noise for the Cleveland Browns. Next, we got the tight. Oh, no. Next, we got the Dolphins and the Broncos. Listen, I hate to say it, but I believe the Broncos are about to start this season 0-3. I do not expect them to go to Miami to pull the upset against the Dolphins. I honestly don't see it. I honestly don't see it. Next, we got the Jets and the Patriots. Now, see, here's the thing. The Patriots have owned the Jets in recent years. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Patriots are currently on a 10-plus game winning streak against the Jets. Now, mind you, you play your division rivals two times a year. So you can make a case that in the last five or six years, the Jets have not beaten the Patriots. That's not a good look. And now with Aaron Rodgers, not there. If A-Rod was playing, clearly I'm going with the Jets. That streak could be over. But see, Aaron Rodgers is not coming out that tunnel. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be on that field. They got to settle for Zach Wilson. And again, Coach Belichick, what is the one thing that he does best? He takes your strongest weapon away from you. Obviously, the strongest weapon on this Jets team is Garrett Wilson. I do not expect Garrett Wilson to have a game like he had against the Cowboys, even though it was only two receptions for 80-something yards. And obviously, what helped them 83 yards was that 63-yard touchdown pass or that touchdown catch. I do not expect. Basically, in this situation, I'm, it's, which quarterback do I trust the most? Do I trust Zach Wilson or do I trust Mac Jones? And in this situation, I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. I think the streak continues. I think the Patriots beat the Jets and met life. Only because Aaron Rodgers is not there. If Aaron Rodgers was there, the streak is over. The Patriots will lose this game and the streak will be over. But since Aaron Rodgers will not be playing and Zach Wilson will be the quarterback, Coach Belichick is going to double Zach Wilson, I mean, Garrett Wilson for sure. And because of that, that leaves Zach Wilson to be hero, and I don't see that happening. So I have the Patriots beating the Jets 
and MetLife. I respect Garrett Wilson. I truly do. You know, he wants to end this streak. He says it's time for a change around here. 14 straight. See, I said 10 to 12. 14 straight. Damn. He said 14 straight is unacceptable. It's time we do what we get paid for. I love I loved the talk. I love the energy. It's unfortunate that he has to now become the leader of this team. It sounds good. But again, I don't see them beating the Patriots. I got the Patriots beating the Jets. Next, we got the Bills and the Commanders. Listen, as much praise as I gave the Commanders to start this season 2-0, very impressive. I think the streak ends this weekend. I think they come back to reality. I think the Buffalo Bills go to Washington and get the dub. As long as Josh Allen takes care of the damn football. He does that. Buffalo wins this game. Next we got the Falcons and the Lions. This one is a hard one. I'm not even going to call it. This one is a hard one. A-Town down. And I'm not saying down as if they're going to lose. I'm just saying, like, you know, A-Town stomp. You know what I'm saying? They've started the season 2-0. Very impressive. The Lions are 1-1. One one. This is another game at home. They lost last weekend to the Seahawks. This game here, I honestly don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I mean, they lost Garner Johnson for the season. Well wishes to him as well. Damn, I honestly don't know who I'm going with with this game. See, it's always those one or two games where you really don't know who you're going to go with. Do I think the Falcons can go to Detroit and get the dub? Or do I think the Lions can win this game? I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to go with the Lions. I think this is the first time this season I'm actually going against the Falcons. Yes. Because I, I think the first game of the season they played the Panthers. Yeah. And then last week they played. Played the, they played the Packers and beat them. Well, this weekend I'm going against them. I'm going against. I'm going with the Lions. I'm going with the Lions to get the dub. Wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta won, but I'm going with the Lions. There you have it. Next, we got the Saints and we got the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. This will be Jordan's loves. First home game as a starter for the Packers. I just said so far this season, he has taken care of the ball. Six touchdowns, no turnovers. That Saints defense can very well get to the quarterback. But I think being that it is a daytime game, that crowd will be electrifying the Lambeau field. I think that helps Jordan Love. And I believe that the Packers will beat the Saints 
and they start the season two and one, which also would make the Saints two and one, being at this, being that they're already two and zero. So I think this game, at the end of this game, both teams will be two and one. I'm going with the Packers to beat the Saints. Next, we got the Jaguars and the Texans. Jags. That's a quick one. That's a quick one. That's a quick pick. Next, we got the Chargers and the Vikings. Two teams, 0-2. Two teams that a lot of people thought would have playoffs, playoff aspirations. And guess what? One of these teams better. Well, obviously, somebody got to win this game. And for all attentive purposes, depending on who loses... Their season is over if they lose this game. Whoever loses this game, their season is over. Do I go with the Chargers or do I go with the Vikings? Mm, 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 mm. This is another one that I don't know. Now, yes, both teams are 0-2. Absolutely. I honestly have no idea who I'm going with in this game. I honestly don't know. But this is what we're going to do. Usually in situations like this, when I struggle to pick a team, I go with the team that's at home. For the most part, I go with the team that is at home. And with that being said, since the Vikings are at home, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Vikings to get the win. I am only picking them because they're at home. I would not be surprised if the Chargers get the dub. Would not surprise me at all. But I'm going to go with the Vikes just because they're at home. Next, we got the Panthers and the Seahawks. Going with the Seahawks. Let's get that out the way. That's a quick one. That's a quick pick. Next, we got the Cowboys and Cardinals. We going with the Cowboys. Listen, the Cowboys ran terror on Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. Now, listen, Dobbs. I only like you because your first name is the same name as my son, Joshua. That Cowboys defense is going to ring terror on you, young fella. They are going to ring terror on you. And you ain't been that much impressive this season, your damn self. Only one touchdown in two games. That Cowboys defense is going to ring hell on you, man. They're going to ring hell on you. The best thing about you this season or the best thing about you this weekend is that your name is Joshua. The Cowboys defense is going to rain terror on you. I got the Cowboys beating the Cardinals. Next, we got the Chiefs and the Bears. I'm going with the Chiefs. I think this game, the Chiefs break out of that funk and they get more than 20 points. I say this weekend is the weekend that they get more than 20 points. Sunday Night Football, we got the Steelers and the Raiders. I honestly have no idea who I'm going with in this game. 
Now, see, here's the thing. Just like I said, usually in these situations, when I struggle to have a pick, I usually go with the home team, right? But after that Steelers performance on defense, I'm going to pick them. I'm going with the Steelers. And besides, listen, my big cousin, Super John, I think for two weekends now, I've gone against the Steelers. I think two weekends, I've gone against the Steelers. So for my big cousin, who is a Steelers fan, Super John, love you, big cuz, I'm going to pick your Steelers to beat the Raiders in prime time on Sunday Night Football. So this pick is for you, cuz. So your Steelers better get a win. Then we got Monday Night Football. Another Monday night where we have two games. We got the Eagles and we got the Bucks. Two teams, 2-0. Prime time. We got the Eagles and we got the Bucks. I am going to go with the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles. All respect to the Bucks, because I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing with them so far this season. But I think Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown have a payback game where they have great chemistry on the field, and I think this is going to be the game that they do it. And then we got the Rams and the Bengals. Listen. We don't know if Burrow is playing this game. Adam Scheffner, who does amazing work for the NFL, he was on Pat McAfee's show, and he said that Joe Burrow is uncertain for Monday Night Football. Well, guess what? This pick is going to be a caveat pick him. If Joe Burrow plays, I'm going with the Bengals. If he doesn't play, I'm going with the Rams. <laughs> fuck that, all right? This is my picks. I do what the fuck I want with this shit. So, if Joe Burrow plays, I'm going with the Bengals. But if he doesn't play, I'm going with the Rams. There you have it. This, these are my picks. You don't have to do shit the way I do it, all right? Fuck that. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Niggas is going to be like, oh, nah, Dre, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's not right. You can't do that. It's my podcast. It's my picks. I do what the fuck I want, all right? So that's how we doing it. If Burrow play, I'm going with the, I'm going with the Bengals. If he don't play, I'm going with the Rams. Simple and plain. That's how we doing it. Alright, so before we bounce up out of here, let's do this. Would you rather? Let's have fun. Would you rather? This one is interesting. Would you rather work with dead people in a mortuary or work in the busiest ER trauma unit in the world? 
Well, this one is the easy one for me. Being that I work in the hospital, I'm not going to tell you what hospital because I don't need y'all looking for me. The hospital that I work in, we have three different EDs. We have a north side, we have a south side, and then we have a side for pediatrics for the kids. When I tell you that that north and south side be busy, it be busy. See, when you upstairs in the trenches and you cleaning rooms, you can have some downtime in between after doing the room. You get paged the room, you knock the room out. You could possibly sit down for about a good five, ten minutes, drink some water, hydrate yourself. You know what I mean? And that ED ain't none of that. You got to be on it nonstop. I would advise that you wear some soft shoes for your soles, for the bottom of your feet when you win the ED. I would advise you to do that. Don't wear no Tims. Wear some comfortable sneakers when you down there because your feet going to be tired. Trust and believe. Me personally, listen, that working with dead people in the mortuary, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Absolutely not. Ain't enough money in the world. So this answer is easy for me. I'm going with the work in the busiest ER trauma unit in the world. I will take that over working in a mortuary with dead people any day of the week, twice on Sunday. And with that being said, this episode is a wrap. Thank y'all for your support, your continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. You know you can find your boy on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any place you can listen to your podcast except title, you can find your boy on there. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Dre Day 19, well, Dre Day, Twitter, well, X, Dre Day 1985, Instagram, Dre Day 1985, or Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. So again, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast, episode 302. Four is over. Is this episode 304? Listen, man, your boy been working. And since I've been in my return, I've been in my bag as of lately. Yes, it is episode 304. So, yes, once again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Episode 304 is over. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN Index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, 
please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.